Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Vishnupad Paramahansa Parivrajakacharya Vishnotara Shatashri Srimad His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Shiva Prabhupada Ki Jai Jayam Vishnupad Paramahansa Parivrajakacharya Shatotara Shatashri Srimad His Divine Grace Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Prabhupada Ki Jai Anantakoti Vaishnava Vrinda Ki Jai All glories to the assembled devotees 
All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories to Shishu Guru and Gauranga. Glories to Srila Prabhupada. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. <clears throat> Hare Krishna, good morning to all. We sincerely pray everybody is happy and well. Today we will be discussing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 8, entitled Dhruva Maharaj Leaves Home. And today we are in text 7. Priyavrato Tanapado Shatarupa Pate Suto Vasudevasya Kalaya Raksha Yang Jagatastito Priyavrato Tanapado Shatarupa Pate Suto Vasudevasya Kalaya Rakshayam Jagatakstito Priyavrato Tanapado Shatarupa Pate Suto Vasudevasya Kalaya Rakshayam Jagatastito Priyavrato Tanapado Shatarupa Pate Suto Vasudevasya Kalaya Rakshayam Jagatastito Would anybody like to chant this verse? Priyavrato Tanapado Satarupa Pate Sutau Vasudeva Sikalaya Rakshayam Jagatastitau Priyavrato Tanapado Satarupa Pate Sutau Vasudeva Sikalaya Akshayam Jagatastato All right, we'll go to the synonyms word for word Priyavrata, Priyavrata, Utanapado, Utanapan, Shatarupa Patahe, of Queen Shatarupa and her husband. Manu, Sutau, the two sons, Vasudevasya, of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Kalaya, by plenary expansion, Rakshayam, for the protection, Jagataha, 
of the world. Stital for the maintenance. Translation in purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. Translation. Swayambhuva Manu had two sons by his wife, Shatarupa, and the names of the sons were Uttanapada and Priyavrata. Because both of them were descendants of a plenary expansion of Vasudev, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, they were very competent to rule the universe to make, uh, they were very competent to, the, to rule the universe, to maintain and protect the citizens, to maintain and protect the citizens. Purport. It is said that these two kings, Uttanapada and Priyavrata, were specifically empowered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Unlike the great King Rishaba, who was the Supreme Personality of Godhead himself. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshuran Nivitam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurve Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Putale Svayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Svapadantikam Vande hung Shri Guru, Shri Yuta Parakamalam, Shri Gurun Vaishnavangscha, Shri Rupam Sagrajatam, Sahagana Raganatam Batam, Sajivam, Sadvaitam Savadutam, Parijana Sahitam, Krishna Chaitanya Devam, Shri Radha, Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita, Shri Vishakan Vitangscha, He Krishna Karuna Sindo, Dina Bando Jagatpate, Gopesha, Gopika Kanta, Radha Kanta, Namostute, Tapta Kanchana, Gorangi, Radhe Vrindavaneshvari, Rishabhanu Sute Devi, Pranamami, Hari Priye, Vanchakalpa, Turubhyascha, Kripa Sindhubhyevacha, Patitanam, Pavanebhyo, Vaishnavebhyo, Namo Namaha. Jaya Shri Krishna, Chaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, Shri Advaita Gadadha, Shivasari Gaura Bhaktivinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So Hare Krishna I sincerely ask for of the blessings the assembled Vaishnavas and Vaishnavis that I may be able to speak properly on our Gaudiya Vaishnava Siddhanta. It's given to our, us by our Srila Prabhupada and our Gaudiya Vaishnava Acharyas. And I sincerely pray that I may be of some service in saying something that encourages us all and inspires us all to dive deeper and deeper into Krishna consciousness. And so today, in this verse and short purport, Srila Prabhupada is discussing, and Srimad Bhagavatam is discussing, how these two kings, 
Utanipad and Priyavrata. They were descendants of Vasudev, of the plenary expansion of Vasudev, who's Swayambhuva Manu, whose wife is Shatarupa. So Swayambhuva Manu being a plenary expansion of Vasudev. His children are very competent to rule the universe and to maintain and protect the citizens. And in the purport, Srila Prabhupada just briefly says how they were specifically empowered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So today, I want to really kind of focus and reflect on what does it mean to be empowered by God? And in the dictionary definition of empower or empowered, the dictionary definition is to give power or authority to, authorize, especially by legal or official means, to enable or permit. So empowered by the Lord. And we can think about what it means to be empowered, but we should also understand very deeply that there are incarnations of the Lord called Shaktivesh avatars. When we break this down, Shakti means power and Devesh, one who is uh, holding that empowerment or having that Shakti within them. And in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Madhya Lila, chapter 20, where the Lord instructs Sanatana Goswami, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is God himself, instructs all of us on what it means to be empowered. Who are the empowered personalities? And it's a very great science so that we don't have to speculate so much on what it means to be empowered. So I just want to read a few texts here and bring us deeper into what it means to be empowered by God. So starting at text 366, if anybody wants a reference to where this information is from, it's Madhya Lila, chapter 20, starting at text 366. So Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied, O Sanatan, you must give up your intelligent tricks. Now just try to understand the description of the Shaktivesh avatars. So avatar is one who descends. Right? So the Lord who descends in this world, who's empowered, uh, empowering a living entity. So text 30, uh, 367, there are unlimited Shaktivesh avatars of Lord Krishna. Let me describe the chief among them. So there's unlimited. Asankhya ganana means they actually can't be counted. Unlimited and innumerable. Empowered incarnations are of two types, primary and secondary. The primary ones are directly empowered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead 
and are called incarnations. The secondary ones are indirectly empowered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead and are called Vibhuti. Some Shaktivesha avatars are the four Kumars, Narada, Maharaj Prithu, and Parashuram. Uh, Semipras Prabhu just wrote how he likes how Mahaprabhu tells Sanatana Goswami to stop his tricks because Sanatana was presenting the evidence for Garanga to be Krishna himself, and Gaurav was avoiding the point Sanatana was making. <laughs> so, some Shaktivesha avatars are the four Kumars, Narada, Maharaj Prithu, and Parashuram. When a living being is empowered to act as Lord Brahma, he is also considered a Shaktivesha avatar. Lord Shesha, in the spiritual world of Vaikuntha and in the material world, Lord Ananta, who carries innumerable planets on his hoods, are two primary empowered incarnations. There is no need to count the others, for they are unlimited. The power of knowledge was invested in the four Kumars, and the power of devotional service was invested in Narada. The power of creation was invested in Lord Brahma, and the power to carry innumerable planets was invested in Lord Ananta. The Supreme Personality of Godhead invested the power of personal service in Lord Shesha, and he invested the power to rule the earth in King Prithu. Lord Parasharam received the power to kill rogues and miscreants. Purport, Shri Prabhupada says, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita 4.8, Paritrinaya sadhunam vinashaya chadushkritam. Sometimes the Lord invests his power to rule in a king like Prithu and enables such a king to kill rogues and miscreants. He also invests his power in incarnations like Parashuram. And in text 373, we get a full definition of Shaktivesha avatar. Jnana Shaktyari Kalaya Yatravishto Janardanaha Taavesha Nagadyante Jiva Eva Mahatamaha. Whenever the Lord is present in someone by portions of his various potencies, the living entity representing the Lord is called a Shaktivesh avatar. That is an incarnation invested with special power. As explained in the 11th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna spread himself all over the universe in many personalities through specific powers known as vibhuti. Yad yad vibhuti mat satvam srimad urjatam evava tad eva vagachachvam mamate jangsasambhavam. Know that all opulent, beautiful, and glorious creations spring from but a spark of my splendor. But what need is there, Arjuna, for all this detailed knowledge? With a single fragment of myself, I pervade and support this entire universe. Thus, I have explained specifically empowered incarnations. So, again, definition from Lagu Bhagavatamrita. Whenever the Lord is present in someone by portions of his various potencies, the living entity representing the Lord is called a Shaktivesh avatar, that is, an incarnation invested with special power.
And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says there's unlimited Shaktivesh avatars. And the prominent ones that he spoke of, the Gyan Shakti being in the four Kumars, that these great sages were empowered to represent the Lord, the Lord's Gyan or knowledge. Narada Muni having the Bhakti Shakti, he was fully empowered to spread devotional service. And so how Srila Prabhupada quotes from Bhagavad Gita on why the Lord descends to this material world, Paritranaya Sadhunam Virashaya Chadushkritam, that he comes to protect the sadhus, those who are saintly persons, those who are attempting to surrender to God, paritranaya, to protect, not just protecting the physical body, but also to dharma samstarpanartaya, to get reestablish dharma within this world. That's another type of protection for the living entities to make sure that the living entities have a path back home, back to Godhead. And to annihilate the dushkritams, to clear out the demoniac forces that are in this world, the Lord descends for these two reasons. And the Lord doesn't have to come directly himself. He can empower living entities with his own shakti, with his own potency. And so in today's verse, these two personalities, Uttanipad and Priyavrata, they're empowered to rule the universe. What does that mean? It means to maintain and protect the citizens. So again, the reflecting and meditating on being empowered by the Lord. Different living entities are empowered by specific potencies of the Lord to help the Lord in his mission of bringing home all the different living entities who've wandered away from the lotus feet of Krishna. And we even see how in Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna, he's empowered by the Lord to fight on the battlefield. And Arjuna, he's filled with doubt and confusion about his duty, about what should actually be done due to his family ties, due to, you know, so many confusions that are there in his mind of why the Lord wants him to fight. And in the 11th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna shows in the universal form how all the different soldiers are just running into the mouth of the Supreme Personality of God and the Supreme Personality of God as time is gnashing, right? Chewing these soldiers. When Krishna says, the fate of these soldiers has already been destined. All you have to do is play your part and you'll be empowered. And so Arjuna, he's empowered by the Lord. And the Lord, he could have fought on the battlefield, but he chose not to. He chose to be the charioteer of Arjuna. And he wanted Arjuna to be glorified. 
So Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, God, is empowering living entities. And those living entities are glorified by surrendering and being empowered by God. Yesterday, Gori and I, we watched, uh, my daughter Gori and I, we watched some speeches, Martin Luther King Jr., since it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And we watched some things of different associates of Martin Luther King Jr., you know, speaking and saw how he was empowered by his faith in God. He was empowered by God to really speak out in civil rights, to really make a change within this world. When he spoke, he had such conviction and he was so empowered. It's really, really heartwarming and, and heart changing to see him speak. And I was look, looking at different clips and one of the mm, persons that marched with Martin Luther King Jr. then was a great friend with Martin Luther King Jr. He was a rabbi scholar named Abraham Joshua Heschel. And he wrote books and a lot of the followers of Martin Luther King Jr. would actually carry around his books, especially the book called The Prophets, where he systematically goes through the prophets in the Old Testament, the Bible. And in this book, amazing personalities that were empowered by God, like Ezekiel and Isaiah and so many of these prophets, you can see how they were specifically empowered by the Lord to make changes within this world. They would speak the truth, sometimes perform miracles. They would speak the truth if, even when their lives were in danger. They were going to the kings of that time and saying, God is saying this, you should follow. And they were empowered. Even, I forget the prophet, um, I forget his name, but he was in, I think it was Jeremiah, who he tried to even stop talking. God was talking through him and he tried to stop talking, but his body and his, his tongue, it felt like he was on fire and he was suffering. And so he had to speak what God was speaking to him. And Srila Prabhupada would often say, you know, thinking about the Bible, thinking about the prophets, he would often call Jesus Shaktivesha Avatar. Even Mother Nidra, uh, a couple days ago, I think Tosi Vallabha Prabhu's class brought up the point of how Jesus Christ being a Shaktivesha Avatar, a living entity who is fully empowered by the Lord to spread the teachings of love of God. And it's amazing to think about how empowered Jesus is that he spread Christianity you know, throughout the world. And thinking about Jesus this morning, I was thinking how empowered he was by God, how he was in direct communion with God. He's an incarnation of God. And yet he was also feeling some doubt he was also, we see him, how he was struggling. So in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? This is the night 
before Jesus is going to be taken away. And he knows that he's going to be killed. That he knows that God has revealed it, that he's going to be beaten and crucified. He's revealed this to Jesus. And Jesus is struggling with being empowered by the Lord and having to go through this. And so he takes two of his disciples and they go into the part of the Garden of Gethsemane. He tells two of his disciples, please stay here, watch over me. And Jesus goes to pray, intensely pray. He's sweating. Even some of the biblical scholars talk about how Jesus was sweating and struggling so much in his prayer that sometimes blood was coming out of his pores in that sweat. He was crying and pleading with the Lord and praying for an hour. And in his prayer, he said, Lord, if this cup can passeth from my lips, but let your will be done, not my will. So here we have the empowerment of God in this living entity who's struggling with, I don't want to go through this, but it's not my will, it's your will. So again, to be empowered by God, to empty oneself, right? We see uh, our Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada, also considered by some great Shaktivesh avatar. Right? He is completely empowered by the Lord to spread love of God all over the world. But that empowerment came from his deep prayer, just as Jesus, it came from him surrendering to God. So that empowerment, we read about Srila Prabhupada going to Advaita Bhavan in Shantipur. Then the Pujari saw Srila Prabhupada come and chant and sincerely pray. And he was crying to the Pujari, talking about how he has to go to America and perform the mission of his spiritual master. Srila Prabhupada was fully empowered by Krishna because he had complete faith in his spiritual master. He had complete faith in Krishna. And so he was empowered through his prayer, through his sadhana. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Thakur also, after we recently read how after his guru and his father left this earth, who was going to read his writings? Who was going to empower him? And he became depressed and he was just praying and praying and praying. And they came to him. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came. Shri the Gorkishor Das Babaji came. Shri the Bhaktivinoda Thakur came and instructed him, you will be empowered. We'll always be with you. Spread the names of Gora, Gor Nam, Gor Dham, Gor Kam. Spread the glories of Lord Garanga's name. Spread the glories of Lord Garanga's desires. Spread the glories of Lord Garanga's dham, his holy abode. So to be empowered by the Lord, we see how the great acharyas and those who are empowered to spread love of God throughout the world, they struggled and they prayed. And there's an interesting term in Greek called 
kenosis means to empty oneself. And so I was reflecting on, okay, to be empowered by God, to be filled with the potencies, right? How Kumars, Narada, Jesus, Srila Prabhupada, the prophets, the bhaktis, all these great personalities, they emptied themselves in the sense that as conditioned souls, we're constantly dealing with our false ego. Right? We're, we think that we're this material body from this particular nation, from this particular religious background. And these upadis or false designations are placed upon us in this material world. And we get so absorbed in our own self that we think we're the center of the, of the universe. And so our whole life is about what are my desires? How am I going to feel, fulfill my desires? What are my goals? What is all this stuff that I want to do with my life? And as Bhagavad Gita tells us that most of these desires are based upon the modes of material nature, right? Goodness, passion, and ignorance that we have different desires and different bodies according to our previous karma and given to us by the modes of material nature. And so we're filled up with all these desires. We're filled up with all these ideas of who we are, of what we're about, of what we want to do. And to be empowered by God, that kenosis, that emptying of the false ego, that emptying of our desires, and just how Jesus said, let your will be done, not my will. So to reflect on being empowered by God means that I'm going to have to come to the conclusion that I'm not empowering myself. We talk about self-empowerment and, you know, you need to, you know, have some self-esteem and empowerment. And we see in the mystical tradition and we see in Gaudiya Vaishnavism how there's that sarvo, uh, sarvo padivinir muktam tat paditvena nirmalam rishikena rishikesha sevanam bhaktya uchite. Devotional service means to clear away all these upadis, all these false designations. And, you know, in er my early days of my spiritual journey, diving into the Buddhist religion where, you know, you're trying to become nothingness. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I, I would go to this field where I couldn't, you know, you couldn't hear any car, you couldn't see anything. It was just this open field and I would just meditate and try to empty myself and become nothing. And then I would just, after meditating for an hour or two, go back home and just be filled with so many ideas and desires. And, you know, it's, it's actually impossible to become nothing. So what does emptying oneself mean? It means that devotional service will clear away all these false designations so that we can actually understand who we really are as the eternal servants of Krishna, Jivaras Rupahoy, Krishna Nitidas, really eternal servants of Krishna. So when we come to spirituality and religion, 
are we actually thinking? I want to be empowered by God. And so, God, please empower me. Please let your will be done. Or do we think, okay, I'm surrendered, God. Now you should fulfill all my desires. Right? We have these two dichotomies in religion that emptying of oneself, clearing away all these desires, let God's will be done. Or we can come to religion and spirituality and it's all, God, I'm surrendering unto you. Let my will be done. Clear away all my obstacles so I can get whatever material desires I want fulfilled in this material world. So again, kenosis, how to be fully empowered by the Lord means that we have to surrender ourselves to realize our true ego. Right? We have false ego and true ego. True ego is really the eternal servants of Krishna. And the true goal of life is to serve Krishna as he wants to be served. And that takes a lot of dedication, takes a lot of prayer. We have different prayers by Acharyas on how to surrender to Krishna. And also, so to be empowered by God, we have to understand also that there are certain people in this world who falsely think they're empowered by the Lord. We have politicians and kings and even crazy people that think that God is talking to them and giving them instructions. And even one person thought that God was talking to them through a dog and they performed abominable activities. So we also can't be cheated and think that, you know, to be empowered by God just means that we're going to imaginarily think that God's talking to us. And this is why scripture is so important. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructing Srila Sanatana Goswami and Shaktivesha avatars. And also to understand that Shaktivesha avatars are going to follow the instructions of Krishna. So if there's people that are saying they're empowered by God to perform a certain activity or they're empowered by God in this world, are they actually following God's instructions? Because we don't want to be cheated and follow certain people that think that they're empowered by God. And we see how certain politicians use this in propaganda to the public, right? They even, what was it, Alexander the Great? And we see in different times uh, for Nick and others, Regner Lothbrook, who thought that they were the son of God, Alexander the Great, thinking that he was the son of Zeus. And so they use this empowerment of God to become great personalities in history. They, they, uh, but then we see that they don't always follow God's instructions, right? From Hitler to Mussolini to so many different politicians, Napoleon, kings, they all thought, oh, I'm empowered by God. I'm going to conquer this earth. And what happens? They're just shaken off. Another king comes up, another king falls, and just keeps going on. In 12th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, there's the Bhumi Gita, right? There's the song of 
Mother Earth. What is she singing about? She's singing about how all these different kings and all these different politicians want to conquer her. And what happens? It's all futile. Nobody can ever conquer Earth. They think they can. And for some time, they might be very powerful. But ultimately, they die and somebody else comes up. And so to not be cheated by persons, we have to understand the instruction, instructions of Krishna through Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam. And we read through Srimad Bhagavatam how so many different devotees are empowered by the Lord. And we can have kind of a more lengthy discussion today since the purport was short, but I wanted to kind of end by meditating on a song by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. So talking about kenosis, talking about the emptying of oneself to then be empowered by God. What does it mean to <coughs> surrender to the Lord, be empowered by the Lord? And there's a, a beautiful song by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur called Manasa Deha Geho. Manasa Deho Geho Jogi Chumora so Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur really shows us how to surrender and empty ourselves of our false ego. In the first verse of the song, he says, mind, body, and family, whatever may be mine, have surrendered at your lotus feet, O youthful son of Nanda. So, you know, mind, body, and family, whatever may be mine. Going back to that false ego, what are these upadis and everything that I think that I am, mind and body, everything that's connected to me, family, all these different objects. He's surrendering it all to Krishna. In good fortune or bad, in life or death, all my difficulties have disappeared because I've chosen those lotus feet of yours as my only shelter. Slay me or protect me as you wish, for you are the master of your eternal servant. Let your will be done, not my will. You wanna protect me, protect me. If you want to slay me, slay me. You are the master. If it is your will that I be born again, then may it be in the home of your devotee. Let me be bo born again, even as a worm, as long as I may remain your devotee. I have no desire to be born as a Brahma, averse to you. I yearn for the company of that devotee who is completely free of all desire for worldly enjoyment or liberation. Father, mother, lover, son, lord, preceptor, husband, you are everything to me. Bhaktivinoda says, O Kana, please hear me. O Lord of Radha, you are my life and soul. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur is simply put what I'm stumbling, trying to say. 
about surrender and emptying oneself. Shri Bhakti Vinod is giving us a very beautiful song that we can meditate on and how to really dive deep into what it means to be empowered by the Lord and surrender to the Lord. So if there's any comments, reflections, or it's a very big topic that I'm sure we all can have lots of thoughts on being empowered by God. Well, I have a question. Um, you know, is it that is it that only like a chosen number of people, a chosen that they are empowered, or you know, are there different levels of empowerment? And I mean, because sometimes I see like one might experience like jealousy when someone's empowered, and one may not feel as empowered, and even even though it seems like oh we try because yeah it does take you know like emptying out the, all those false ego desires and being full with the lord's grace at the same time like sometimes people might feel jealous and um feel like oh i want to be empowered so how is it that the Lord chooses some people, and is it that some people don't get like some people do are, are empowered and some people aren't? Does, do we all have a chance? Yeah, we all have a chance. You know, and yeah, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you know, for Shakti avatars who are you know, it's primary and indirectly empowered so you know somebody can be indirectly empowered by the lord through their karma and through you know we can see how there are kings and persons who are indirectly empowered by the lord but those who are directly empowered then he gives kumars narada even brahma how they're directly empowered by the lord but that takes surrender you know and the examples that we gave today of Srila Prabhupada, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, the Acharyas they were empowered to do amazing things, they're empowered to spread love of God all over the world and different persons are going to be empowered differently right? I mean to think how Gorky Shordas Babaji he was completely empowered by the Lord. He was completely surrendered. He only had one disciple, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He didn't have thousands and thousands of disciples. And when we look at the world around us, and, you know, we're inspired by, uh, you know, us in our spiritual lives, we become inspired by certain persons. And uh, I often reflect on uh, C.S. Lewis, who's a great spiritual writer. He wrote this book called The Great Divide and it talks about certain living entities going to heaven 
and getting a taste of what heaven is. And you then it's like, uh, I forget what the technical term is, but it's like, this is a, you know, go to heaven and see what it's like so that you'll be attracted to go to heaven. And there's different living entities that they, you know, interact with in heaven. And they see this most beautiful lady. You know, she's like a demigoddess. And she's in white and she's brilliant and shining. There's all these angels around her. And she's just, they're like, this must be, this must be Mary. This must be Mary, the the mother of God, the mother of Jesus. And they inquire. Different angels are there, so they inquire to an angel. So, you know, is this Mother Mary? And they said, no, this, uh, this lady, she was actually unknown in the material world. Uh, why is she so great? Because she was selfless. What should we, she would give food to the homeless. She would pray every day. She lived such a simple life. And if a stranger was walking down the street and they looked kind of, you know, depressed, she would smile and say some good words to them. And so in, on earth, she was completely unknown. She was just this lady who was just trying to do good and, and live a simple life and, and, and pray every day. And so in heaven, she becomes this great personality who the angels are floating around her. So, you know, it's amazing to think of, again, like what does it mean to be empowered by God? We could be empowered by God just to speak some words to a person once, and that person then comes, you know, becomes a great devotee later down the line. And, you know, think of, you know, book distributors back in the 70s who distributed books to certain people, and then they become great gurus later on and inspire so many others. So in terms of, you know, what does it mean to be empowered by God? Is it a simple process of just trying to, you know, empty empty oneself in a simple way as much as we can do, and then we become empowered more and more as we surrender? And then like when jealousy and envy comes that, oh, this person is more empowered, but we should actually be happy that they're empowered by God. And that's actually going to, you know, that's that's part of surrender. That's part of emptying oneself. Our false ego is constantly getting in the way of us surrendering. And so it's just another way of, oh, jealousy and envy of this person being empowered. Actually, we should glorify that person and praise that person, you know, and and, and see the truth of of their empowerment but it again that's that's why sadhana is so important that's why our chanting is so important every day chipping away chipping away chipping away at that false ego so it's i mean you i'm sure that you have different realizations and also can answer this question um yeah it's you know to to really, I don't know, for me, it was just like, this could be like a whole seminar. What does it mean to be empowered by God? 
and go through all the psychological processes and you know because then it's like oh well I want to be empowered by God but I also do want to do what I want to do you know then it's like well if I try to empty myself in such a way but then it just turns into that I'm not happy and you know I'm trying to like falsely empty myself that's like a whole nother aspect of it that we could get into where you know like oh I'm going to try and suppress my false ego and and you know I'm going to try and become Raghunath Das Goswami overnight and then just you know a year from now you're not even practicing devotional service so it's and uh, oh, Samuel Pras Prabhu wrote, he said a relevant quote from Antialila, chapter one, text 197 purport. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is not partial to some and neutral to others. One can actually draw the attention of the Supreme Personality of Godhead by service. Then one is seen further empowered by the Lord to act in such a way that everyone can appreciate his service. This is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita for 11 yeyatamam prapadyante tungstutaiva bhajamyaham. Krishna is responsive. If one tries to render his best service to the Lord, the Lord gives him the power to do so. Walker, and Walker asked a question via Facebook. I put it in the chat. Um, it hasn't come up on my end yet. Okay. Um, I can read it. You may have mentioned at the beginning, but wondering if the Shaktivesh avatar is always a Jiva soul. Hmm. So it's interesting how in Chaitanya Charitamrita, um, go back to the part. So is the Shaktivesh avatar always a Jiva? It's interesting how there's um, Shaktivesh avatars who are the Supreme Personality of Godhead and who are living entities. So when Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he's talking about um, ah, the power to the power to carry innumerable planets was invested in Lord Ananta. So we all know that Lord Ananta is a expansion of Lord Balaram. And then in the next verse, it says, the Supreme Personality of Godhead invested the power of personal service in Lord Shesha. So Shesha and Ananta, they're the Supreme Personality of Godhead as glorified in fifth canto, Srimad Bhagavatam. But they're, yeah, they're empowered. And um, I could try to find the exact reference, but Srila Prabhupada does talk about this, how there's the uh, expansions of the Lord, like Ananta and Shesha, who are God themselves, but they're empowered by Krishna. So you have the living entities who are, you have... Kumars, Narada, Brahma, they're jivas, but they're directly empowered by the Lord. And then you have Ananta Shesh, who's 
expansion of the supreme personality of Godhead, but God himself who's empowered. And then you have those living entities who are indirectly empowered. So those who are rich, beautiful, you know, they're great kings in this material world. They have vibhuti of Krishna. They have a specific type of empowerment due to their karma. So they're indirectly empowered. But there's actually, I would have to find it I, uh, through database, but there's a purport where Srila Prabhupada says, Bhagavad Shaktivesh, where they're God empowered. Is there any other reflections or comments? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Krishna Sharana Prabhu, humble obeisances. Obeisances, Prabhu. Um, Concerning how you mentioned before, how, um, you know, the ordinary living entities can become empowered, you know? And as you remember in this um, section from the Majalila, chapter 7, text 98, onwards for about six verses. I'll just read the English translation. Whoever heard Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu chant Hari Hari also chanted in holy name of Lord Hari and Krishna. In this way, they all followed the Lord, very eager to see him. After some time, the Lord would embrace these people and bid them return home, having invested each of them with spiritual potency. Next verse. Each of these empowered persons would return to his own village, always chanting the holy name of Krishna and sometimes laughing, crying, and dancing. Such an empowered person would request everyone and anyone whom, whomever he saw to chant the holy name of Krishna. In this way, all the villagers would also become devotees of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. People from different villages who came to see such an empowered individual would become like him simply by seeing him and receiving the mercy of his glance. Uh, when each of these newly empowered individuals returned to his own village, he also converted the villagers into devotees. And when others came from different villages to see him, they were also converted. Um, <laughs> in this way, as empowered men went from one village to another, all the people of South India became devotees. So this this question of empowerment, well, it's it's really the disciplic succession, the power of the Supreme Lord going through the, the disciplic succession. And we see that this power or this empowerment given by um, the Supreme Lord of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is being spread through the disciplic succession. And it and just like you see, Srila Prabhupada came to the West and then we see that even, <laughs> even, even people who, who are 
who may be considered one or even Malachas and Chandlers by, by that power of the pure devotee, which is coming from Krishna, they became empowered to, to turn others into devotees. So that um, power of Shakti, which is coming through the Shakti Vesha Avatar, is actually being spread through um, the devotees of the, of the Hare Krishna movement. And, and other people are becoming devotees, and they themselves are, are kind of power to others. And in this way, the Krishna consciousness movement is being spread. Eh? So although you can say we are not directly Shakti Veshavatars are empowered by Krishna, but that power the, uh, is being passed down through the disciple succession to us. Eh? And this way, um, more and more devotees have, have been created all over the world. So it's a this question of empowerment or is actually in through these verses I just read is actually being passed all over the passed down all over the world into different individuals. You know? mm. Just uh, that's just my take on it, you know? <laughs> as has been described in Chaitanya by in the Chaitanya Chaitanya. What what would you say, Krishna Sharna Prabhu, to those who uh, I forget the exact verse verse, but it's like Kali Kale, or uh, talking about how one has to have that Shakti to then spread the holy name. Uh, I, f I forget the exact verse, but maybe you know the verse that I'm talking about. Kali Kale Dhamma Krishna. Is it, is it, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the fundamental religious system in the age of Kali is the chanting of the holy name of Krishna. Unless empowered by Krishna, one cannot propagate the Sankirtan movement. So it seems like those who are spreading the chanting, they are You're saying it's through the, this being empowered through the disciplic succession. Yeah. And yeah. So then that is some power has been invested in yeah, in the devotees, you know? Yeah. Not be, we may not be we may not be we definitely not Srila Prabhupada, but uh, or or, or pure, may not be like um pure pure elevated devotees, but still there's some investment of power uh, to the to the extent of we are surrendered. Hmm. Yes. So to the you said to the extent that we're surrendered. Yeah. The more that we're surrendered, the more that the more we're empowered. Mm -hmm. hmm. That's the that's the intense part of surrendering. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank you, Prabhu. Okay. Hi, Krishna Prabhu. I think Shamni Pras had something. Mm. 
Yeah, he quoted see? the he quoted the verse that we just brought up from Antilila, the fundamental religious system in the age of Kali is the chanting of the holy name of Krishna. Unless empowered by Krishna, one cannot propagate the Sankirtan movement. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Prabhu. Yeah, so uh, all of uh, Krishna's potencies are there in the holy names. So if one's associating with the holy names, that means that um, one is becoming uh, one with Krishna in the sense of his will and the potencies because we're part and parcel of Krishna. So we're reawakening all those uh, potencies that um, empower the living entity to uh, be one with the will of the Lord. So in that way, to the degree that we're surrendering to the holy names and um, that potency is there. And I was just wondering, um, all the uh, avatars, all the uh, incarnations in, in Jayadev Goswami's uh, Das uh, um, avatar, um, uh, they're all Vishnu Tattva because Parshuram's Vish Vishnu Tattva and he's considered Shaktivesh avatar and all those. Um, some Once I read that um, all the avatars in Das Avatar Stotra were Vishnu Tattva, Buddha, everybody, and um, including Parshuram. So anyway, so therefore, uh, it's not just Jiva souls sometimes given that term. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thanks so much, Prabhu. Thank you. Would you like to speak about being empowered in your own life for us? Um, how you feel, how you feel <laughs> empowered? Well, uh, one thing, um, the way we were, uh, I guess, trained was that we're a, a team. And uh, especially like, you know, in the mood of Sankirtan and uh, whatever we're doing as a mission, you know, as a movement, um, as a temple, as a Harinam party, as a Sankirtan party. Um, as long as we're connected, as long as we have that association and that a connection, then the empowerment is there. Um, Savas used to tell us, bundle of sticks, you can't break them, <laughs> but one alone you can break. So we understood that um, unless we're like a cooperative team, um, then we are not uh, empowered. So thy will be done means um, we are uh, cooperating uh, in the spreading of love of God and imbibing within ourselves love of God. So. That was just one little thing we used to, you know, be told in our Sankraton um, powwows. <laughs> Thanks, Prabhu. Hi. Thank you. Did you? Hare Krishna, Nicole. Hi, Krishna. Thank you so much. Um, I just was hoping I could offer a reflection. Um, so this morning I was listening to a lecture um, from Shiloh Prabhupada um, and he was talking about pride. And I thought it was really relevant here um, because um, when we're, um, you know, when we see someone like Prabhupada who is so empowered um, by, by Krishna that he 
didn't have like pride, you know, he was just so humble in his, um, in his service. And um, if you've seen the Hare Krishna movie, they talk about how it wasn't Prabhupada's movement, it was the ISKCON movement and the whole movement was about, um, not about him, but about um, all of us, you know, and it was about Krishna. And I just um, think that when we talk about many of the other um, uh, people that you were, you were speaking of who, um, you know, were, were empowered by, by Krishna, it's just so beautiful to see how they were, didn't have that, that pride or they were, you know, they're so humble. And for me, it, it's just inspiring. And this talk was really inspiring. Um, that you know, we might just have a small fraction of, of Krishna's empowerment to um, to share, you know, Krishna consciousness in our own way. But um, we have to, you know, just stay, continue to stay humble and um, think about just sharing Krishna, and not it's not about us. Um, mm. So I like that connection, and it was um, I'm just appreciating this topic. Thank you so much. Thank you for your beautiful reflection, Hare Krishna. Hi Krishna. Okay. All right, it's 9.10, we can end with here. And uh, thank you for your kind attention. Thank you for tolerating me. Hare Krishna. Panchakopa, Tarubhya's cha, Kripa Sindhubhya cha, Patitana, and Pavani, Bhuvashna, Vibhu, Namo, Namaha. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Good day, everyone.